Hi, everyone. This is Keegan, uh, the Ask Yourself podcast host. I just wanted to let you know that this episode does touch on some sensitive topics, such as the discussion of sexual predators and pedophiles. So this content warning is just to let you know that uh, we're going to be getting pretty deep um, and it might be disturbing for some listeners. So uh, if you would like to skip, this is the time uh, that maybe you might want to skip to uh, another podcast episode. Um, Thank you so much for listening and uh, I hope you can feel the deep respect that I have for you all. And uh, let's start the show. Yourself with Keegan Farrell. I'm your host, Keegan. Based on the card game with the same name, Ask Yourself brings us closer to each other with ourselves. Each episode, we connect with my favorite creatives and change makers to share the life experiences that drive us. Play Ask Yourself alone or with friends by the deck or print your own at keegankfarrell.com. Thanks for joining in. Let's start the show. This week, we'll be joined by prolific musician, visual artist, and brand new audio engineering intern at Studio MIF, Candice Denise. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. I'm so, so excited to have this conversation with you. Um, So Candice, you know, like, I think we met um, through uh, our affiliation with March for Black Women San Diego. Um, You were one of the performers at the event. Um, So, so very cool. What what instruments do you play for for our listeners who are curious? I can play the violin, viola, cello, bass, piano, drums, saxophone, trumpet, euphonium, um... I think I already said clarinet. Basically everything except the flute, tuba, trombone, French horn, and bassoon and harp because I don't have the time or space. Wow, that is a lot of instruments. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Prince in that respect, huh? Yeah. Wow. What's your favorite instrument to play? Um, my top four are piano, cello, clarinet, and violin in no particular order. It all depends on how I'm feeling. I think I remembered uh, hearing you play clarinet at the uh, at the march. That's what you played, right? Yes. Yep. Oh my God. That was so cute. And you had your, I mean, it was so cool. And your cute son was running around all over the place, just enjoying life. I think your daughter was too. Yeah, they were at the park and then my son heard me playing and he tried to go on stage and steal the show. <laughs> Does he, do you think he's going to be a performer at some point? For sure. He's already working on it. What, uh, is he already playing instruments too? I'm trying to teach him to play piano and I want him to learn how to play the drums and the bass, but he's got a turntable as well. Wow. So he plays around with that already. 
Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Oh, I wish I had that kind of a, I don't know, like mentorship growing up. Like both of my parents are musicians, but they were very much focused on their own craft and not as focused on kind of helping me develop mine. So that was kind of something I, as I got older into my teens, I started getting into, but definitely not the same level as you, but I'm aspiring to be. And, uh, you know, um, so what's your, uh, what's your latest musical project called? Right now I'm working on a final in class. Um, we have to put together 15 minutes of original music for a compilation, a compilation. Um, but outside of school, I'm working on an album and I'm also working on just video content of me and my children. They want a YouTube channel. And so I'm trying to support them in that. Wow. So like, what's the genre of um, the music that you're working on or the music that you make? Um, That's a good idea. I think it's like a, it's a mix between film scoring and hip hop and R&B, jazz, like just a, a nice blend of all of that because I like hip hop beats, but I also like jazz and I like to freestyle over my own beats. And so sometimes it'll start off as like a hip hop or a rap beat, but then it'll have that jazzy feel because I've laid some clarinet over the top or something like that. So wait, you rap too, Candice? Um, I don't like to call myself a rapper, but I do write poetry and I put my poems to my music. And if it just so happens to sound like a rap, then I guess you could say it's a rap. But I prefer (laughs) more like spoken word with a nice backing track to it. Oh, wow. I love that. I love that. I've only gotten to listen to a little bit of your music from um, the March. And then also like recently I've gone on Spotify and Listen to a bit here and there. Very, very good stuff. Um, Thank you. You're very, very talented. Um, also, uh, you're a visual artist as well, come to find out. I just noticed um, <laughs> some shoes and like a bikini that you designed. Like you had uh, designed this really intricate pattern. Um, can you tell us some more about uh, your artwork and what you do? Sure. So I used to draw a lot as a kid, um, abstract art, like shapes and lines and patterns and things like that. Like I've always been fascinated by just how everything looks in the pattern and lines. It's always been soothing. And one thing I used to always do is like I would close my eyes and I would draw like, you know, the, the swooshes and the colors and things that you see. So a lot of times that's where the art came from and then obviously with whatever emotion I was feeling at the time but I quit drawing so much um, just because I wanted to focus more on music but at that point in time um, that design came from me being fed up with people walking out of my life Um, I was tired of feeling you know poor and broke and things like that so I made a, a deliberate decision to sit down right then and there and to just draw everything. And so the name of the picture is actually Got Love. And then if you look close, you can sort of see like hidden messages, you know, like affirmations and things like that in between the designs. And then I thought, well, you know what? People design t-shirts and shoes and stuff. Let me see what websites there are. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm about to do it. And then boom, I slapped it on a pair of shoes 
and I thought it was weird because they didn't have laces. And then I discovered, oh, Balenciagas don't have laces either. So I'm like, F it. These, these are my shoes. I saved up some money. I bought a sample and I've been rocking them ever since. And now I'm starting to be more confident in that, that area of um, designing and stuff. Oh, wow. So, I was so impressed when I saw it. I was like, dang, like, is there any end to the talents that Candace has? Also, like, when I saw the picture of the bikini, I was like, oh, I need this bikini. But I was, like, a little disappointed because it was, like, a full coverage bottom. And you know I love me a thong because I'm yeah. out here pole dancing. I, I want to have as much skin contact as possible to use Oh. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. But also, I just and love having my ass out. So, <laughs> hey, that's all good. I'm, hey, I'm getting there too, you know? <laughs> but maybe I'll still get it because, you know, I mean, we still have to wear, uh, you know, bathing suits to the beach and the pool and stuff. I'm less inclined to wear a thong at the beach. So, um, for sure. And for me, I don't think that there's ever an end to, learning or creating I feel like as an artist or a musician or any type of person you are you always have to be learning or growing something because the minute that you hit that plateau I feel like that's your that's the end and unless you have a lot of money to just hit that plateau like that then you should always strive to seek more if you can at, at your mental capacity or you know however much you can hold mm-hmm yeah, definitely. I feel like, like, I actually have like a master's in fine art, but I don't know, like, if I'll ever actually feel like a master at art mm -hmm. at all. And I definitely don't right now, which is like, so weird. But it's like, I don't know, I have the degree, but I don't like, necessarily like associate myself with like the title of that, if, right. if that makes any sense. Because I'm like, well, I'm always learning. I'm always trying to get somewhere else or like expand more or kind of like find myself more through my art if that makes any yeah, sense yeah no it makes sense it makes a lot of sense yeah the degree does not define you it's totally. just a piece of paper it sure is I just recently like put up my degrees on the wall to like remind myself all the work that I put in <laughs> what are you gonna do what are you gonna do but um, where can we uh, where can we find your music and your art? Where can people buy this uh, your your new shoes and your bikinis and um, what are what are all the uh, things that people can buy with your designs on them? So for right now, um, the website with the clothes and shoes it's not necessarily live just yet, um, but it will be soon and it will be um, when I get sorry when I get it published. Um, I'll I'll reach out to you, but my music can be found at Spotify or on Apple, Amazon, like pretty much all the streaming platforms. If you just search music, M-U-Z-I-K space C-A-L or underscore C-A-L, like music cow, um, then I should pop up. I'm usually the first, um, the first result in a Google search. So definitely first find me on Spotify. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, all right, is there anything else you want to mention about, you know, who you are as a person? Like, just, you know, things you want us to know about you before we get started with this game? I think the best way to do that is to just jump right into the game, <laughs> pick my right. brain a little bit. 
Okay, all right, we'll do it. Let's move forward. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and start shuffling like I'm doing a tarot deck or something. I don't know. <laughs> Trying to grab your energy and put it in here. Ooh, grab it. Deck right here. Okay. Those are nice. Right? You know, I printed them at the FedEx. Cut them out myself. Okay. Um, let's see. So doing this like this. So where would you like for me to draw from? Um, let's see. Whichever card that your index finger is touching. Right here? Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Okay, oh, this one's see, look, starting it off deep. Woo! All right, here we go. All right, here's the question. It says, <laughs> it says, describe a time you felt manipulated. <laughs> I told you we were going deep. <laughs> oh, deep. Okay, so the time that I felt manipulated, the day, okay, listener discretion is advised, okay? Um, the time I felt manipulated was when my daughter's father came home to me when I was about six weeks pregnant and told me that he molested four kids under the age of 10 and why he did it and how he did it. That right there. Every type of wave of manipulation you could ever feel right there because of everything that I had went through in my past. It's like he just ripped it right back up wow that's just a cut and dry version so he was like manipulating you into thinking it was okay or I had no idea I had no idea that that was even you know like in his psyche you know like I had gotten myself to a point where I wanted to be married and, you know, I didn't necessarily want to be a mom, um, but I thought that I was letting my past control me. And so um, I took that breath, you know, and I just accepted, you know, being a wife, being a mother. And so it wasn't even in my mind that he was a bad person or like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to say it. I, I don't know, like, is he a bad person? I don't know. Honestly, it's just a lot of chaos, a lot of confusion. Um, and I felt manipulated because I didn't see his red flags until after I had went back and looked into why he wanted me to get rid of certain things. And once I did that, I saw some titles that maybe I should not have seen, but I needed to see. And that's when all of our relationship from the very beginning just flash. And that's where those feelings of manipulation come from. Because I feel like at the time, the comments and interactions, you know, our relationship, I felt like it was innocent. But then looking at it from a different perspective, you know, the perspective of a predator. Okay, someone's telling me that I look young. Someone's telling me that I... I'm like a kid at heart. Someone's telling me, oh, you don't look your age and, you know, all these childlike things. And when you look at it from a predator's perspective, it's like, whoa, 
whoa, not to mention, you know, some of the things that we were doing with each other as couples would do in an intimate setting. It's like all of that changes. And so I'm like, wow, was I really just a part of some weird fantasy? And then I think about like what he would have been doing if my daughter were with him alone, you know, regardless of what is said to me, oh, I would never hurt my own. That's a lie because most times, and it's been proven, most times predators go after their relatives because there's that trust and then, you know, that control or whatever you want to explain it as. So, yeah. And I'm okay. I'm okay talking about it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't cause me to stay up late at night anymore like it did. And people need to hear it because it's a thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, it sounds like he, like, manipulated you into thinking that he was a good person, that he was a safe person. Yeah, and even if he wasn't trying to be manipulative, um, there's something about me that, for whatever reason, if people have, like, really deep, dark secrets, I guess, it just surfaces on its own, you know, because I would have never known. Like, I would have never known. He was the world to me. Like, I felt like he was my best friend, you know, the second man that I'd ever trusted in my life, you know. Like, so I I just thought he was my knight in shining armor. And at first, I didn't believe, I didn't believe him. Like, I didn't believe it was real. Any of that, like, it's just crazy. That's so messed up. Thank you for sharing that with me. That's like such a really intimate thing to share and to share publicly. Um, So I just like want to thank you for, you know, you know, being able to share something so like intense and real um, with me uh, on my podcast, you know, and like for, you know, like being genuine and being vulnerable about like what you went through. Yeah, anytime, you know, like, I think when people just get the courage to talk about it, someone else needs to hear what I'm saying. So that way they can process their own path or, you know, so that way they can know that they're not alone and they're not wrong. And even if, you know, like, no matter what, it's not your fault because of what someone else chose to do, like, regardless of the situation. You know, other people need to hear it because it also forces people to be held accountable. Yeah. How did you get to this point of like, like healing from the situation? Like, how did you like heal from that and be able to get to this point where you could speak so candidly about it um, and have it like, you know, not hurt like that anymore? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know because I feel like um, I've been through so many traumatic events and most times those events were back to back to back to back to back. So it's like I just learned how to to put it aside and still focus on that, that part of me that I tucked away a long time ago and just process it, cry. I mean, I guess my music helped. Um, Being a parent also helped as well in the sense that it allowed me to not to not be stuck in my head because I have a child here 
who needs me. And even though I'm struggling with trying to bond with her, like she matters more than what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking. And um, actually her, like some of her life story has helped me to heal from what's going on as well, because she, she as my daughter, she's given me those types of affections and, you know, like attention that I needed from my parents or my family growing up. And so just focusing on her helped me to just move on. Yeah. So, and then YouTube, 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 YouTube helped. Like watching YouTube or? Yeah. Like, um, you know, like videos on, am I crazy for feeling type, like feeling this way and, you know, just reading other people's stories, hearing other people's stories and things like that. So. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, like how you're, how you were able to cope with all of that stuff. Cause I think that's like a really important part of like, you know, you're talking about that stuff, like is like, how did you get through it? You know, how did you end up on the other side where you are now? So yeah. Anytime. <laughs> and I can always count on you, Candace, to drop some <laughs> gems. Um, be like, I went through this and here I am. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, I can definitely relate, though, with like the whole thing about like, you know, men saying like, oh, you look so young and all that stuff and not necessarily being able to recognize it as predatory behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, even myself, like, you know, I've had men in my life from a very young age telling me like, oh, you seem so much older or there's something different about you, you know, to try to make you feel special or make you feel grown up. And it's like, no, the issue is that they're a grown ass man talking to a child. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Yep. And like, for me, like I was in a situation like when I was like 10 years old, because I was, you know, spending a lot of time online and in chat rooms and stuff like that, because I was kind of a lonely kid. And um, I remember I had kind of a long relationship with some random grown ass man who was basically like talking to me on the phone all the time. Like it had gone from the internet to phone calls. And it's like, I was like probably like 10 years old. And it's like that same kind of situation where, you know, they try and like groom you into like feeling like this older person or this mature person. Um, and it's like really, really inappropriate, you know? And like, like even like my first serious relationship when I was in high school, I was 16 and, you know, I was dating somebody who was, you know, older than me and definitely over 18. I'm not going to mention how old he was. He was less than 30, but more than 18. Yeah, old enough enough to know better. Old enough to know better, right? And it was a situation where it was like, we would even lie to all of his friends and say that I was over 18 because he knew that he was wrong. Yeah. Right? But for some reason, I thought there was something special about me that 
this man not even knowing that you're feeding into people's predatory behaviors yeah being manipulated being manipulated yeah and so it's just like it's just so crazy i mean and even like after i became an adult i think the most damaging relationship that i ever had with a man was a few years ago but um I was like maybe 23 and he was already, I think 29. So there was still a significant age difference between, I think he was like nine years older than me or something like that. There was a significant age difference between us. And um, it was just kind of one of those things where it was like, I thought that I was more mature but really what it was is that he was immature, right? Mm-hmm. And so he used that relationship with, with me to kind of be, kind of overstep my boundaries, you know, in a lot of ways. And it turned, it turned south, you know, um, later on I ended up having to get a restraining order against this person um, because of some of the horrible things that he did. But it was just kind of one of those things where it was like, he was like very slowly like inching over my boundaries until it had gone so far that I didn't even realize what a violation it was until, until he had gone so far that like, I was like, okay, this is, this is really crossing the line. And then I was like, okay, now this has to be over. Right. But it's like up until that point, you know, people will just inch along, inch along, inch along, inch along. And you don't even realize it. Or I didn't even realize it, Um, you know, until it had gotten to this point. And then it was like one of those situations where, you know, previously to this, I was like, oh, man, you know, well, if I was in this kind of situation with the man or if a man violated me in this type of way, I would act this way, blah, 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 blah. This is what I would do, blah, 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 blah. But nobody tells you that like, once you're actually in that situation, it's totally different. It's totally different. Like you don't actually, <laughs> you're, not, you're not as big as you thought you were before, you know? Like you can't- yeah, You never really know what you're gonna do until you're there. And even then you don't necessarily know what you're going to do. It's just a matter of instinct. Yeah. And I think I was guilty of judging people who were victims in the past because I was like, well, that couldn't be me. I can't, you you couldn't do that to me because this would happen like so fast. And it's like, when it happens, half the time you don't even realize what the fuck is happening until it happened. And then you're like, exactly. How did I let that happen to myself? Like, how did I let that happen to me? And then there's that shame and the guilt. And you're like, I brought it upon myself. But really, it was somebody else was targeting you. They're the predator. You know? Yep. So, yeah. So I'm just going to say, like, yeah, for me, you know, I, I feel manipulated all the time, you know, by capitalism, right? But... <laughs> By capitalism, a white supremacy, always trying to manipulate me, but definitely, you know, it's like our society is kind of made 
for pedophiles. It's made for sexual predators. Yeah, it's made for predators in general. Yeah, yeah. And it's made to protect them as well. Um, and you know, when I was violated, I actually, um, I actually like went to press charges and wow. the DA was like, um, no, you're a black woman, you're a whore. We're gonna look at you as a whore who's not important, who's not you know, valid in any sense of the word, even though we have this dude on tape admitting to what he did, we're going to say that that's right. not they try and evidence. say it's or they say it's inadmissible because you didn't have their permission to record it's like what like why do you have to have permission to record someone if they're in the wrong like wrong is wrong it doesn't matter no no the law enforcement was there when it was recorded so it was actually a situation wow. where it was like the perfect situation right but mm -hmm. they just the law is not on black women's side. It's not on women's side, but it's definitely not on black women's side. Right. So, you know, but either way, I was able to get him to stay away from me for at least three years. And, you know, that's a whole thing. And, um, you know, a lot of other, you know, really great things came after that. And it's kind of one of those situations where it was like, I didn't even know how I would get out of that situation and out of feeling so low. And, um, you know, as a, no, I'm not going to say as a result of it, because I don't want to thank a predator for what the fuck he did to me, but it's like. <laughs> well, it allows you to be a voice for those who can't be a voice for themselves even though they know that they may need to speak up you know it's harder it's it's easier said than done so by you being able to share that it helps you know so yeah. you're not necessarily thanking them but you can attribute that strength because now you you understand what it's like and you can see it from that perspective yeah and i didn't understand it before and I think I was very judgmental of people before and um, and a lot of people's like responses to trauma, right? Because I didn't understand it. Even though I had been through like a ton of trauma before, I was kind of one of those people like, oh, I've been through this or I've been through that and I'm still fine and I can still do this. So why can't you blah, 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 right? Yeah. And it's like so damaging that kind of thinking. But like when you kind of go through something, um, you know, as terrible as like sexual assault, and even then it's like you go through something that's like so black and white, what it is, then you can kind of like, you look back on other experiences in your life and you're like, oh shit, that was a fucked up thing too. Like you start kind of recognizing other things that have happened to you and yeah. realize how that set the stage for you to continue to be victimized. And so I feel like kind of like after that point, like I really, really, really made an effort to heal from everything, like not just my situations with men, but like healing from, um, you know, toxic family relationships and kind of really getting to the nitty gritty of like, what about myself and my personality and like how I was shaped as a person in my environment to um to accept 
certain types of treatment or like to um, not set firm boundaries um, and right. to not protect myself the way that um, that I would now, right? Like now there's certain types yeah. of energies I just won't accept. You know, certain types of like boundary crossing I will not accept. Right. Any kind of narcissistic behavior that happens, I will not engage. Right. Right. Whereas before I was trained to allow people to, um, you know, enforce themselves on me, force themselves on me, make me feel ashamed for wanting to set boundaries and things like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely get it. I can definitely relate. Yeah. So I kind of went on a long tangent with that one, but it's okay. Hey, honestly, look, I said, we're just flowing. Let it flow. But anyway, here we are moving forward. You know, I'm coming closer to my purpose. You're living in your purpose. Mm -hmm. Right. For sure. All right. So Candice, um, this has been really, really, really great. I really enjoyed uh, getting to know a little bit more about you, your life experiences, how you cope with stuff, what you've been through, um, and just hearing all about your talents and what you're bringing to the world. Uh, so I just, you know, um, if you could kind of remind us, you know, where we could find your music, uh, any other uh, projects that you got on the horizon, um, you know, and where we can stay tuned to uh you know get any updates on uh getting some of your art and um the clothes and stuff that um uh, that your designs are going to be on i can be found on instagram at m-u-z-i-k underscore c-a-l that's musical um just shoot me a dm my music is on spotify under the same name um my website isn't published just yet as far as the clothing is concerned but once I get a grip on that um and some more specifics I'll definitely be sure to share on your Instagram yes okay cool 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 very excited um thank you so so much for joining me today um it's always a joy to talk with you Candice um I can't wait till we can see each other again in person and I do want to see you perform again so um definitely looking forward to that um I want to thank the listeners uh for hanging out with us today and remember you can ask yourself at home get your deck at kegankferrell.com add me on on IG at Dangerous Black Woman, one word, and answer the questions in the comments. Thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to get closer with y'all next episode. Bye, Candace.